Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. I'm going to wish a few of my closest friends happy birthday today. All right, and with that, we welcome you to Sports Talk Mississippi on a Tuesday afternoon. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey with you. Richard's off just for today. He'll be back uh, tomorrow. So you just heard from the governor of Mississippi, Tate Reeves. Long press conference today. Went an uh, hour and ten minutes or so with uh, an update on coronavirus. Was asked a lot of questions about testing facilities and antibody testing and all that good stuff. So uh, with that, we start the show. And guys, uh, I don't know if you noticed during the press conference, I'm sure you're both listening very closely, some massive football breaking news today to start the show. I don't like it. Rippy, do you like it? What did I miss? Rob Gronkowski. According to multiple reports, including ESPN's Adam Schefter, who I'm going to use for this one in particular because he has the details, Rob Gronkowski, Gronk, is coming out of retirement to play for one team and one team only, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had one year, $10 million left on his deal with the Patriots that they still own. So if he were to come back out of retirement, he's still a New England Patriot. He told the Patriots, according to multiple reports, that he was going to come back to the NFL, but he was only going to play with Tom Brady, told them to work out a deal. They did just that. The Patriots are trading Gronkowski and a seventh-round pick to Tampa Bay in exchange for a fourth-round pick, pending a physical, which he's already taken. So Gronk, back in the NFL, back with Brady in Tampa Bay. Still don't like it. Don't like it one bit. Pretty good tight end tandem there. I mean, it's With, a, yeah, I, that's a good team. It's more than just a good tight end tandem. I mean, Warren Sharp put this out there. They're uh, 12 personnel, which would be run one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. Quarterback Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, and Ronald Jones, which whatever, but still. Is that the best 12 personnel in the NFL right now? Uh, probably. I mean, nothing's coming to mind that, that, that it jumps out as better. Rippy, do you have any idea? Uh, Philly, probably. You think Philly's got a better quarterback-receiver-tight-end combination than Tampa? I don't, well... I was just trying to think of another one in the running. I didn't. I don't know. If definitively better. Like, didn't, didn't Kansas City just lose their second tight end? Like they have Kelsey and they had another guy, and he signed with somebody. I can't mm-hmm. remember who it was though. So Kansas City would be in the running. New Orleans would be in the running. Who's Who's New Orleans' second tight end? Josh Hill. Yeah. Oh, God. See that the no. second tight end is where you, where you lose it there. But I would. Yeah. I mean. Brady Breeze, Breeze is more productive as of late, but Brady's got the postseason accolade. So I would am not even being a homer here. I think that's kind of a wash, right? If you're comparing the two, yeah, I don't know wash. if you could definitively right now say one's better than the other. Um, Gronk probably greater than Jared Cook, although Cook is an excellent tight end. Um, who is a who is Atlanta's second tight end? Well, they just got rid of them both, didn't they? To sign, uh, yeah, but they brought in Hayden Hurst, who's right. a first round pick. 
So, I mean, I know that, I mean, they were making that comment about they have all these first round picks. So, I know Ryan, Gurley, Jones, Ridley, Hurst, but I don't know who the second tight end is. So, the skill groups in the NFC South are unbelievable. They're ungodly. They shouldn't be legal. I mean, you have it. So, this is probably. an unanswerable question because I've seen people say today that, for example, Christian McCaffrey's the best running back in the NFL. And I mean, a counter argument would be Derrick Henry, but they're just completely different players. Can you even say one's better than the other when they're kind of asked to do two different things? Nah, it's. It, I mean, you can, I guess, but you're pushing it. Because I, I don't even view McCaffrey or Kamara as like a running back. That's more Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott, those kind of guys to me. Right. But, yeah, that's uh, huge news today. It just came out of nowhere, really. I mean, the news got broken, I'm not kidding, by a popular podcaster's dog parody account. That is who broke the news on this two weeks ago, and it became... The Barstool thing? Yeah, uh, PFT commenters... 12-year-old Mastiff has a Twitter account called Leroy NFL Insider, and two weeks ago, this guy's, air quotes, his dog, uh, said that the Patriots and the Bucks were in talks about Rob Gronkowski returning to the NFL, and two weeks later, he absolutely nailed it. Man's best friend. Yeah, but <laughs> he made it up. Like, well, did he? Well, Break the news. Yes. And the, the, Are you sure? The, the other parody account, uh, Barry can't say the last name, also flooded this out there a week ago. Are you, did they get co-credit for breaking the news? No, one of them got it first. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, Barry just aggregated it, Rippy. Schefter's giving him credit for it. So this is crazy. I mean, wow. I, how does Tom Brady leave what is likely the NFL's greatest dynasty? And the New England Patriots, at 42 years old, or is he 43 now? In his 40s, leaves the be greatest dynasty. The season starts. So he'll be 43 when the season starts. Leaves the greatest dynasty and the current, still active head coach, greatest of all time head coach, and upgrades his team dramatically. That's the kind of stuff that the Patriots used to do to other people. They used to do these trades and just fleece the heck out of teams and do all kinds of maneuvering. Sounds like Brady's pulling the strings right now, and he's upgraded. Every position that he's got is better than what he left in New England. Except for head coach, but you get my point. Are you saying Bruce Arians is not as good a head coach as Bill Belichick? Are you, really, are you trying to <laughs> – that's a hot take. Sound the alarms. Yeah. Uh, I mean – the the NFC South this year is going to be something to watch. I mean, it's 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 it almost feels like it's going to be sort of a uh, an SEC kind of situation talking about eating each other, where like the division champ may only be, you know, ten and six, nine and seven, sort of like the NFC East was. But the difference is, it's just because you have so many good teams in that division playing each other twice. It's not going to be like the NFC East this year, where the Eagles were just the best of a bad lot. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. You want to be a part of the show? You can do it that way on the C Spire text line six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Uh, Jace from Hattiesburg says the Bucks will draw attention, but he doesn't think it will uh, amount to wins. Some people are going to get ahead of themselves and hand them the Lombardi Trophy. I, 
So I'm going to slightly disagree with you. I, I know what you're saying, and look, it was a team that didn't make the playoffs last year, but they had a quarterback that turned it over twice a game, and they were still they, – they lost six games by fewer than a touchdown. Was it eight points or less in six games last year that they lost Something with like a quarterback that, yeah. turning the football over twice a game? And now you add Gronkowski to the mix and a quarterback that is absolutely not – going to turn the football over two times a game. And a division that has the Saints, and yes, I think the Panthers are going, I mean, you know, you get a new coach, and they have McCaffrey still, and I think Bridgewater's okay, and the Falcons have 10 first-round picks. That's still a division that you can finish second in, at worst, just by existing, really. The the Falcons, Haydad will agree with this one, I don't think they're there yet. First-round picks be damned. And the Panthers are in a rebuild. So, But they're still good. They're still good enough to win games. Absolutely. Yeah. And Russell asked... If, that, if, those are the, if those are the third and fourth best teams in your division, you got a problem. More of your texts and, and a lot of news to get to today. Minor League Baseball potentially going to cut 25% of its teams. A whole lot more coming up this afternoon. It's good to be with you. Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back in Sports Talk Mississippi. Real quick before we continue on the Gronk conversation, I wanted to read this story, your off-topic sport uh, story of the day here. New York Mayor Bill de Blasio. I don't know if you saw this video. He uh, took to Twitter to urge uh, citizens of his city to snitch on each, uh, on each other. And he gave out the number for a text line. If you see anybody, he said, uh, that is not practicing social distancing, send us a picture here. You want to guess what happened next? Nudes. (laughs) New Yorkers apparently did not like that their mayor was asking them to snitch on each other, and the text line got flooded with Hitler memes, middle fingers, and human body parts. So. (laughs) There's one that just says... Four-letter word, you. There's another one that says, eat a bag of (laughs) you-know-what. New York Police Department source told the Daily News that there were photos of real human body parts, and they (laughs) they were sent to the text line, including videos of people making out behind the alley of a 7-Eleven. That is what Bill de Blasio's snitch line was flooded with over the weekend. it feels like the that episode of The Office with the comment box. I'm like, aren't, aren't these comments for you? <laughs> uh, anyway, Rob Gronkowski going to the Tampa Bay Bucks. We get a a text here from the six hundred one that says nine games over under. He actually plays due to health. Well, I don't know the the rigorous schedule of the WWE twenty four seven champion might catch up with him. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have to hold that title in abeyance or, or if they'll have a new tournament or what. But that said, I think I think a year off, he, he might come back and be all right. They also have more depth with O.J. Howard and Cam Brate than you had in New England. He's not going to be the only weapon, or at least the only one over the middle of the field. Lucas and Union acknowledges that WWE championship there. Hey, Dad, I, you didn't like that, right? No, nah, I wasn't a huge fan. I'm, I'm never a big fan of, of celebrity involvement in wrestling. It never works out right. Josh and Tupelo says honorable mention to the uh, best skill position group we were talking about, the uh, San Francisco 49ers. 
from a talent perspective, sure, but man, the star power. I mean, I, I think we talked about that a lot during the season. I was like, who are these guys for the most part? And uh, we get another text here um, saying that Saquon Barkley, according to Jeff, is the best running back in the NFL. He just doesn't have an offensive line to block for him. Uh, from a talent perspective, again, you, you could be correct. That's why you don't draft running backs in the first round, though. Mm. You can get by with a bad offensive line and a great quarterback. You can't get by with a bad offensive line and a great running back. Us big folks, are we are important to any team. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, they are. So a few things coming up today here. One, uh, as I mentioned, and we'll, we'll start talking about this actually right now, the minor league baseball system potentially cutting 25% of uh, its teams. Uh, we've also got new college football rules that were enacted today. I'm going to get these guys to tell you what quarterback's getting drafted where. It turns out a lot of people, even Vegas, thinks that uh, Justin Herbert is going to get drafted ahead of Tua. So we'll have these guys uh, tell you whether or not that is the case coming up later. But we'll start with this minor league story, tease it, and then get down into it after the break. Uh, according to uh, Baseball America, in an agreement with Major League Baseball, the MILB is prepared to uh, reduce its number of teams from 160 to 120 affiliates uh, in their negotiations with each other. All of the teams would be rookie ball or short season single A. So the first question when I saw the headline I had was, what does that mean for the two teams in Mississippi? According to this story, nothing would happen to the two teams that we have here. It would only be the low-level uh, rookie ball, short season single A ball. It would not affect double A, triple A, and so on. So, a quick reaction, guys. Minor League Baseball cutting 40 teams out of their system. Sucks for those cities, you know, who are going to have people lose jobs and, and people, you know, stadiums go empty. But, I mean, my, my guess is that they, they, this was going to be a fight before all of this happened and then now when they realize hey we're about to take some big time pay cuts across the board they, they probably it felt like it may have been a little bit inevitable yeah not totally shocking they were trying to do this before everything happened a few more details on that after the break uh, like i said new college football rules coming one you can call it major college football program furloughing its coaching staff uh sign of the times Right now, but for now, uh, we got to hit a hard break here. Text the show 601 879 4395 on the ceasefire text line. We would love to hear from you this afternoon. More of this conversation coming up at Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't go anywhere. Back on Sports Talk Mississippi, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey with you streaming. Well, a lot of places now. We are not just streaming at supertalk.fm slash listen anymore. So if you usually just listen to us on the radio, we've evolved a little bit on this show. For a while, you've been able to watch Paul and JT Show and Rebecca and uh, Garden Mama and Handyman uh, on supertalktv.com. You can now watch us, although we are in separate locations. Uh, Will East has been working his tail off, uh, believe me, trying to get all of our remote locations in the same Stream And so you can do that now. Supertalktv.com, you can watch the show. All of our faces 
God bless you if you want to watch that, are there for you to see. But that's not the only place. We also uh, will be on Periscope and Facebook Live in some capacity almost every day. And also, if you have a smart TV, if you have Fire Stick, Roku, a smart TV, go to the App Store and your smart TV, just search Super Talk and download the app. It is a tiny app. won't take much of your data at all. And you can watch this and every Super Talk show live on your smart TV, especially now when most of us are, are having to work from home on some level. You can watch your favorite Super Talk show every single day on your smart TV app or online. Supertalk.fm slash connect gives you all of the places where you can find this show. There's like a dozen of them now. And uh, so you can watch us now. If that's your fetish, <laughs> that's what you're into. Jamie and Tupelo on the text line sends us uh, an image. And Jamie, I don't know if you're sending that to us as a joke or not. So uh, if, you, if you're joking, don't take offense to this. But it is a, it is a Facebook post uh, from Joe Biden that says, So thankful to have the endorsement of the greatest coach in college football. Together with the people of Alabama, we can start to rebuild this great country. Join us. And it's got a quote from Nick Saban as he's sitting there with uh, five championship rings on in the uh, the Allstate blue, light blue blazer that he wears in those commercials. And it says, are you riding with Biden? The GOAT is vote blue this November. So, Jimmy, if you're not joking, I, I promise you, my friend, Nick Saban is not endorsing political candidates. So that is, that is a, a that fake That is the last action. guy who will ever endorse anybody. He'll endorse Regions Bank. That's about it. Yeah, whoever will pay him. And I, I guess a political candidate could pay him enough, but no, that's not something that that he's ever going to die. What would happen into. if Nick Saban endorsed Tommy Tuberville for Alabama senator? <laughs> well, in fairness, Tuberville lost to Alabama a lot, so people would just That's call true. it a troll job. That's true. Huh. Anyway, all right, back to the story that we teased a second ago, minor league baseball. According to Baseball America, uh, probably going to fold about 40 of their teams, 25% of their minor league system in negotiations with Major League Baseball. And so I think this is the money quote here. You guys, you both have seen and read the story, but I think this is the most interesting aspect of this, aside from the fact that it's it's sad that some of these teams and these locations are, are going to lose their Major League Baseball-affiliated team. Now, some of them are going to maybe go independent, keep a team somehow, but losing their affiliation with Major League Baseball is going to hurt a lot of people. Aside from that... I think this is the most interesting thing to me. Uh, Major League Baseball is going to reduce the number of affiliates each team has, obviously, and they are going to give the Major League Club more power on the operations of the minor league team. So I don't really know how it works. You guys have to help me out here. I did not realize that Major League Baseball did not have um, like geographical control of their affiliates, for example. This new deal is going to give them more control of where their minor league teams are so they can be closer to the central location of the team so there's less travel if they want to call a guy up or send a guy down to rehab. I didn't know they really didn't have control over that. Neither did well, I. That doesn't make any sense. A lot of the lower-level teams are obviously in Florida and Arizona, so that's obviously not geographically central to much of anything. Uh you know, it's kind of wishy-washy. It doesn't make a ton of sense with the major league teams either. Like, some are close, like the Reds and the Louisville Bats hour apart, but some, like the Mets AAA affiliate for a while was Las Vegas, 
And then I think the Nashville team, I'm not sure what they are now, but they were the A's. I think they're the Rangers now. I could be wrong about that. Well, but, yeah. well Biloxi's a Brewers affiliate. Yeah. Yes. I wonder if But this... then, like, with the Braves, you have Mississippi so they... and Gwinnett as the Yeah, the you, you mentioned no changes for the Mississippi teams, but based on what we're saying here, maybe there is. The, the Brewers decide, hey, we want to get that team a little closer to home. So it's still in the works, nothing official yet, but that is uh, the expected thing coming. And we mentioned it, oh gosh, a few months ago, I think that Bernie Sanders, Rippy's favorite political candidate, was um, actively trying to stop this practice. There was reporting out there, there was conversation that potentially Major League Baseball would cut their system in half, even. I mean, a dramatic cut to the minor league system, and for whatever reason, Bernie Sanders decided he wanted to take it upon himself to stop Major League Baseball from conducting business how they saw fit. Obviously, that's not happening here, but um, this has been in the works for a while. So what is the motivation behind cutting the minor league system? Is it too saturated? I know this article mentioned specifically that part of the deal is going to be facility upgrades, that a lot of the minor league um, parks and, and facilities are just not adequate for professional athletes. Um, it, why are they doing this? Because they were doing it before coronavirus. That's the excuse, of course. But they were talking about this long before we knew what the coronavirus was. So what's the motivation behind it? Yeah, I would imagine it's the same as anything else in this world, money. Um, it's, it's a cost-cutting measure. And, you know, I, I can't imagine... There, there, I, I can't imagine there's a, a reason tied to this that it has anything to do with performance on the field. I, I can't feel like they, I can't feel like they're saying, "Well, it'd be a more efficient process to get guys to the majors quick." I, I don't see that. It's just got to be a money thing to me. Rip, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not totally sure, but I would imagine it has something to do with cost cutting. They're paying too many guys, have too many guys in their system, that type of thing. I think Haydad nailed it. Fair enough. So that's something uh, to keep an eye on for sure. Let's turn the page. NFL draft this week. Um, not flying under the radar whatsoever. The Gronk news today is kind of taken over, but the NFL draft is just two days from now. And if you're looking at Vegas and the odds, somehow, some way, and it's a, I guess it's not a mystery to me. It's still just mind blowing that Justin Herbert is now a favorite to be taken in the draft ahead of Tua Tonga-Valoa to the point where teams are looking at trade options in the teens. The New England Patriots have been named uh, in some of these trade talks to get him there at 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that neighborhood because people expect him to fall that bad. Does that surprise you? Yeah. Yes, it surprises me a lot. I, I, I don't understand. You know, I, honestly, I, I would if I had the first pick, I would take two over Joe Burrow. I think he's he's. I, I really feel like he's a can't miss kind of guy, and I, I don't understand. This is I feel like this is another example of NFL officials and scouts just sort of trying to outthink themselves and try to play smartest guy in the room, and just not doing the common sense thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a high-risk thing drafting a quarterback, and one has injury history, one really doesn't. Gets you start overthinking things and, like, the small things like the Wonder League tests and physicals and all that. I mean, I see why it's happening, but I wouldn't be scared away by it. How, if you're the Dolphins, how can you spend all last season 
tanking, trying to lose on purpose. You ended up winning five games because you have a good coach, I think, and, and a quarterback that won't ruin things for you. And the, the whole narrative was tank for Tua, tank for Tua, tank for Tua. You have a chance to pick him, and you take Justin Herbert. How can you sell that to people? This sort of reminds me of, a, of the situation that the Texans were in in, I guess, 2005, when or 2006, I guess, when it was just assumed they would take Reggie Bush with the number one pick. And they didn't. They took Mario Williams. And not that Mario Williams didn't have a good pro career, and Reggie Bush had a, you know, he, he didn't ever live up to his hype, although he had some great moments. But you just crush your fan base. You know, fans get behind the idea, we're going to get this guy, and he is he is going to be the savior of our franchise. And then at the last minute, you pull the rug out from underneath him. I think that's going to happen with Miami. They, they talked about Tua for 10 months, basically. And then at the last minute, they're going to go to Justin Herbert, who you know, I just I I think he could be a good quarterback, but there's nothing about him that looks particularly special to me. He, he just he looks like a good quarterback, and I, I don't know. It just it just feels like this is where you know what Richard would talk about having a hand raised guy. There needs to be some guy who's like guys. <laughs> let's watch the film again and and come to this decision. And now the GMs are going to be completely by themselves. Well, except for the Lions, because their general manager is going to have his IT guy sleeping in a Winnebago in his driveway during the draft. So if there's a technical issue, he's right there. But That's smart. That feels like the most intelligent move the Lions have made since they drafted Barry Sanders. Can't stay, uh, can't stay in a guest room or something, though. <laughs> no. Got to stay in a Winnebago in the driveway. Mocking quarterback draft. That's coming up at Sports Talk Mississippi. The Governor's Cup was supposed to be tonight. Just a beautiful day outside as well, but you can watch it, in a way, on uh, the Mississippi Braves' uh, Twitter and Facebook feeds, uh, thanks to MLB The Show, the video game. You can watch a simulation, jerseys and all, like custom, looking at custom Ole Miss powder blue Mississippi State maroon jerseys, they will simulate through MLB the show the Governor's Cup tonight. So you can sit out back, start a fire, have a beer, and watch digital baseball, I guess, and still get your Governor's Cup fix. That's pretty cool. I might check it out. They uh, they did one of these, I think, last week where their pitcher had a no-no. I mean, you are simulating your own team playing a game for your fans to watch, and you have a, a pitcher throw a no-hitter until two outs in the ninth, and he gives up a hit? What's wrong with you? you got to take control of the sticks at that point. Yeah. <laughs> hey, stop the simulation. Uh, we're just going to pause this for a second. Controller slides over to controlling this team. <laughs> you can't let that go, yeah. All right, so quarterback mock draft. First of all, a couple of texts here, actually, uh, about Tua's health. And and I actually I agree with all of you that have mentioned about uh, – Maybe the Dolphins are scared of his health. And I would be too. Although Nick Saban uh, yesterday in a Wall Street Journal interview said that uh, he knows all about not picking guys or not taking someone uh, because of their injury history, and that was Drew Brees, and look how that turned out. Interesting perspective from Saban. Uh, 
can't believe he just openly admitted a mistake like that, but if anybody has the experience, it's that guy. And he said any NFL team that passes on two would be making the same mistake that he made back when he was with Miami when they said no to Breeze's physical and let him go to New Orleans. I was about to say, was it really his mistake? Like, he, he's probably open about that because he wanted him and the medical team didn't clear him. He did say we, though. I mean, at this point, you know, it's so much water under the bridge. He's won so many national titles. I think, I think his ego can take that hit. Yeah, probably so. But anyway, if I was Miami, and I'm certainly not an NFL GM, although I could probably do a better job than at least a couple of them, uh, if I was Miami and I wasn't sold on Tua's health, I'd look to trade back maybe. Because they already have so many picks this draft, 14 picks this draft, three of which are in the first round. You could build a very young, very inexpensive roster. Maybe go get a quarterback in free agency or something like that or trade down and get a Jordan Love, for example, and get a couple of extra picks. If you're not sold on Tua, you don't have to waste that pick on Herbert if you're not sold on him either. It's not like Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to lose you a bunch of games. You can trade down, acquire more picks, build a really talented and cheap roster, and get a different guy if you're not sold on that one. Just tank for another year and get Trevor Lawrence. Or Justin Fields. Seems to be what the Jaguars are trying to do. Yeah, that, no, that is exactly what it feels like they're doing, yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, so what we're going to do, we're not going to do a mock draft because I don't think you guys care what offensive linemen the Falcons are going to draft. So we're going to talk specifically about quarterbacks, and these two guys are going to tell you. We'll start with some free agents and then get into the actual draft quarterbacks where they expect them to be selected uh, in what round even for some of these guys, because not all of them are first-round picks. But the free agents first. Cam Newton. Where is Cam Newton playing football this year if a season does happen? And is he the starter? I don't, I don't see how he would go. In, I don't think he would go anywhere where he was the backup. You know, I, don't, I just don't see that being his mindset. Um, but that said, you know, where are you going right now? At this point, I would have said Chicago a month ago, but they went and got Nick Foles. So, gosh, I'm trying to think around the league. I mean, is De- who is Denver committed to right now? Off the top of my head, I don't know. I don't think they're going to get Flacco's there. Locke and Flacco's a free agent right now. Yeah. They've turned the page on Flacco. That's over. I feel like the league yeah, has turned oh yeah, the page that's on for Flacco. Sure over. With the Chargers, maybe? I mean... Just depending on what, if you're the Chargers and you have what like the sixth pick, I think it is. Then could you? Would you? Are you better off taking Herbert? Or are you better off signing Cam and getting a, a top player with that sixth pick? I don't know. What do you think, Rippy? I don't know. I would guess I would probably lean somewhere like the Chargers, but they've seemed like they've been pretty adamant that they like Tyrod Taylor. They might draft a young quarterback. I don't know. There's not really much of a market for him. Could you have someone, if there is a training camp and what that is, go down with an injury and he waits that long? Uh, you'll probably have more clarity after the draft, but it's pretty difficult to guess right now. But I guess I would lean the Chargers just because there don't seem to be any other suitors that make uh, really a ton of sense. Speaking of the Chargers, they did a uniform release today, and uh, wow, they look really good. Fantastic. Those baby blues are the best. Didn't think I would ever hear you say that. It's not powder blue. It's baby blue. It's different. <laughs> Jameis Winston, where is he next year? We have a texter that thinks the Dolphins should get him. 
you get Jameis? That's what he says. Uh, I don't. I don't see that happening. Um, I mean, it could, it could happen, but I, I don't see it happening. He's a backup somewhere. I don't think he's starting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Does he sound like a New England reclamation project then? That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Try to get him to play within that system. He did get LASIK, so maybe he can actually see the linebackers he's throwing to this time. <laughs> uh, and then Andy Dalton. Rippy, you think that's uh, New England bound, don't you? Well, I mean, it seemed that way about a month ago, but they seem uh, actually pretty open to keeping him on for a year and mentoring whoever. That option's still on the table. He'd be paid a bunch of money to do so, but... Uh, I mean, the, just what the reports were about a month and a half ago that Belichick was kind of infatuated with him. Speaking of Cincinnati, all right, here's here's the mock draft part of this deal. I'm going to give them a quarterback. They're going to tell you where he's going. We'll start with the obvious. Joe Burrow, is there any doubt he's number one? No, he's 1-1. One, one. Tua Tonga-Vailoa, who picks him? I just have trouble seeing Miami getting away from him. Uh, I think that's. I think he. I think he. I think this is a lot of talk and posturing. I think he'll end up in Miami. I'll go Herbert just because of Vegas and what all the people that report on the NFL are saying. So you think Justin Herbert's going to Miami? Yeah. Why not? Where's Tua going then? It's a good question. Somewhere in the teens. Oof! That's unbelievable. I mean, Peter King had the Patriots taking him, which would be really interesting. Can you can you imagine going back? You know, this time, I guess what October and having this conversation and saying that Tua might fall into the teens. Nobody would have believed you. After the Chargers, the next team that air quotes needs a quarterback is Jacksonville at nine. After that, maybe Vegas at twelve, um, Denver at fifteen. Miami again at 18. Um, and and that's where you talked about, you know, if you want to do quarterback and you're not totally sold on Tua, and you've got the 18th pick, Jordan Love is probably there, so you could trade back a little bit and pick up some some big capital. Let's do him next. Is he a first-round pick, Jordan Love? I think so at this point. There's, there's just too many teams that need a quarterback, and he's an intriguing prospect. I don't think he's a guy who can come in in year one and, and do anything for you, but he, he I think he, I think he's got some... I'll use a draft term. He's got some upside. Yeah, some contending team looking to replace their older veteran quarterback in the years to come will probably take him at the end of the first round. Saints, Packers, something like that. I keep seeing people on that note mention that the Saints are going to trade up to get somebody. Why would they do that? If the Saints are going to trade up to get somebody, they should trade up to get Tua. I mean, there's no trade. Don't trade up to get Jordan Love. Trade up if you're going to trade up and you're going to give up picks. Get the guy that everybody thought was going to be the first pick in the draft last year. And you already don't have the assets. Like they don't have a second round pick this year because they went and got uh, Eric McCoy last year from Texas A&M. They don't really have the assets. They have leveraging it. Yeah, just just tell next year's second round pick. (laughs) Uh, And they're they're going to have to pay some dead cap on Drew Brees. Uh, They've got a bunch of guys that are going to get big-time contracts here coming up as well. You need uh, some cheap impact players. Trading up right now doesn't make sense, especially when you can get um, like Patrick Queen from LSU 
probably going to be there at 24. I mean, that's a real possibility. Why would you want to trade up when you can get an impact, an instant impact player at maybe your only position of real, true, like, need? Why, you should only do it if you, you feel that? like you can get a guy like Tua, a guy who yeah. is everybody had as a, as a potential number one pick and it just dropped off for whatever reason. Then it's worth it. Yeah, to, to trade up and to, you know, go to Jordan Love or somebody else wouldn't make any sense. Mike in Oxford says, Jameis needs to go somewhere near the coast so he can keep getting his crab legs. I mean, they got, they got delicious seafood in New England. Uh, that is true. A few more quarterbacks uh, on the list, one of which a former Ole Miss player. Does he have an NFL future? Couldn't get that sentence out without smiling. It's Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Back on Sports Talk Mississippi, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey with you. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can on the C Spire text line 601-879-4395. And we get a text here. We've been talking quarterbacks, NFL draft coming up on Thursday night, the first round. Uh, And then, well... We'll see how it goes, and then the rest of the rounds as scheduled are supposed to happen on Friday and Saturday. But, of course, with the technical difficulties that they had, who knows how it's going to go. It might be a disaster. I mean, they're going to try to get all of these players to link up on video conference, to talk to the broadcasters. It's going to be a a unique experience, but at least uh, we are going to have something to take our minds off coronavirus, if only for... A little while. We get a text here though that says you're you're missing the point on Tua. If he could not stay healthy in college, how could he stay healthy in the pros? Um, I feel like we've talked about that a good bit. It is a risk. You just have to weigh. I mean, you have to do the pros and cons. It was a risk for New Orleans taking Drew Brees. Hell, when they signed him, his shoulder was in a sling. They had no idea what his future was going to be, but they knew that he he was a smart guy who had talent, who was accurate, and if he was healthy, it paid would have paid dividends for them, and, and look at what has happened since. That's what teams are going to have to decide. I mean, Tua appears to have the kind of raw talent that can win a bunch of games in the NFL. And in spite of the Wonderlick score, he's apparently a very intelligent, team-friendly guy that you want in your locker room. He checks all the boxes, except for that one. So... It, they just have to decide, were those injuries in college uh, uh, just happenstance? Did he break his hip against Mississippi State last year because maybe his body can't withstand the rigors of football, or was it a freak accident and an athlete just got injured? That's what they have to decide. I would be skeptical if I were an NFL GM. He has not played a full season yet. And I keep seeing national people talk about well, you know, Tua, was he played in the SEC, so at least he got to see the toughest that college football has to offer. Well, I mean, what do you think the NFL is? Yeah, they're officiated a little bit differently, but my goodness, it's, it's not even comparable. It's something they have to decide and they have to weigh. I, we're not missing that point. It's just if you think that he can stay healthy, then drafting him should be a no-brainer. It's just whether or not you believe that he can do it. Guys have been hurt and have had successful NFL careers in the past. Tom Brady, I mean, tore an ACL. Drew Brees had his arm in a sling for a year. 
And no idea whether or not he was coming back and going to be the same, but the Saints decided that was going to be the right choice. They just have to make that decision. That's what makes this draft so interesting. What are you going to do with him? What are the Chargers? What are the Dolphins going to do if two is available? I, th- I think they're going to take him. I think the 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 the, re- the reward outweighs the risk. I think he is the the most NFL ready quarterback in this draft. I think he has the highest ceiling, and I think that if you take him, I, I agree with Saban. I think if you, if you if you if you pass on him, it's gonna it's gonna hurt you in a few years. Walter in Houston asks about the round that Breeze went in. So when he was hurt, he was actually a free agent. So he went in the second round uh, to San Diego. It was his free agency when he was injured, and the Saints decided to take him anyway. Second, pick, first pick of the second round. Yep, pick number thirty-two in the two thousand. What an interesting draft! The, the first pick of the first round, the first pick of the second round, both quarterbacks, Michael Vick and Drew Brees. That happened on this day, didn't it? Is that correct? Yeah, it did. Yeah, that the, was the Saints today. were tweeting about the yeah. On this day in two thousand one, Drew Brees and Michael Vick were drafted in the NFL. Slightly different career paths, I would say. Yeah, I mean, what the how long Breeze has been around? Because Vic's been out of football for a while at this point. Yeah. So I'll be it, talking about Michael Vick later to, later on tomorrow. On tomorrow, I guess it's tomorrow's uh, Thunder and Lightning Pod. We're doing a video game pod. Oh, nice! Uh, I, there has already been a question about dominant video game athletes. Vic Madden 04. Top, maybe top of the list. He was the modern-day Bo Jackson Techno Beat. Pat White, from uh, what, what year would that be on NCAA? Oh. Like 08? I don't know. Didn't they play state during that time? They did. They played him uh, 06, 07. So, yeah, somewhere in there. So, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Pat White and Steve Slayton. Dominant. Mike in Oxford says he's not concerned about Tua being injury-prone. He's concerned that he hasn't fully recovered from the hip injury. And those Pro Day videos, they don't show anything. I, I Look, I mean, yeah, he was dropping back and throwing routes on air, but does that really tell you that his hip's fully healed? It's a little bit different when you've got pads on and 300-pound guys are running at you, isn't it? He just needs to go out and do the video that Dak did of, of popping his hips, and if he can do that, he's fine. <laughs> Uh, Richard Wiggins says he can't stay healthy. You can be the best athlete of all time, but if you can't stay healthy, you can't win games. Jason Hattiesburg says... He played Go ahead. two full college seasons? Or two college seasons? Yeah, has not played a full season yet. What what games did he miss? Yeah, what did he miss his junior year? He got hurt in the SEC championship game. Jalen yeah, Hurts I mean, had to come in and, and... Yeah, he started the game, but he got hurt, and Jalen Hurts had to come in and save the day. But I mean, he didn't miss it, any significant time during yeah, that. No, I, no. I can't. I can't. I can't go get behind that. They yeah, weren't season-ending injuries for sure. He played. He played fifteen games that year. Let's see. And in the first year, I don't remember his injury. The first year, I, I, it was both the ankle, right? Well, if, I mean, his, his, his first his year, freshman year, he didn't. He didn't start. Jalen Hurts started most of the games. But yeah, he, he came in in the national title. Right. Yeah, 15 games that junior year. He, he did get hurt in the SEC Championship. Did play, though, um, after 
uh, Hertz saved the day through for a casual 43 touchdowns and six interceptions that year. Ho hum. Yeah, just, just do Pretty it. Good. Just ankle do and it. shoulder. That's right, Richard. Thank you. Uh, ankle and shoulder that year. Given Greenwood says Bo Jackson wasn't an elite athlete because he had a freak injury? Question mark. That's not. That is not at all what we're saying, my friend. Um, it's. Bo Jackson was an elite, the elite athlete, maybe of all time, um, but the injury took him out. That's the, the question about Tua is not his athleticism or his ability to play quarterback. He's great at that. It's can he stay on the field? That's why you're seeing teams back off. I, I would be weary, but if you're Miami and he's available and you've got all these picks, if you're if they are not sure, they should trade back, but... I don't know how you pass up on him. Take the risk. I wonder if my there's a is there a situation where Miami could trade back and then still get him? Probably. I mean, at the rate it's going, yeah. Doesn't it seem like it? Yeah, that there's you know they could trade back to you know nine or ten, and he's still there. And you talk about the best of both worlds. Jason Hattiesburg says a uh, point uh, to Tua. Why are his workout videos not scrutinized the way Dak and his buddies' workouts are scrutinized, but everyone is so happy to receive a, a Tua workout video, but Dak throws a ball at a stop sign and he gets scolded? I think I think it's because the media hates your favorite players and teams. <laughs> no, he's preparing for the draft. Well, his point is Dak got criticism for taking a picture with his arms around a few other guys after a workout. And everybody cheered wildly for Tua's workout video with the same amount of people. Is he's asking what the difference is? Um, honestly, I don't know. Most of it comes with being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, but I don't think Dak's workout picture got scrutiny until really the second thing, where they hosted the party. That he disputes the number of people there. By the way, for whatever it's worth, he doesn't say or he says there wasn't thirty people, although the reporting says. Uh, in the picture, say that there was. Doesn't matter. I think that's what led to the more <laughs> more scrutiny about the picture. Is he he did that workout video and then also hosted a party at his house for more than ten people, which is the social distancing guideline. That's where the scrutiny came from. I don't. I, both of it's a, a little absurd, but I think that's why that happened. I think Rippy's right. The media hates that guy's favorite team. No, I just I like. Yeah, I didn't even really even know about Dak's thing until the second thing came up. The picture, like, I didn't even know that it happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, I think it's it's sort of a context thing. People are happy to see Tua back, and people don't want to see NFL guys flaunting social distancing. I, I don't know how to put it. it. It's just, hey, he's back. Great. Good for him. Glad to see he's healthy. What is Dak doing? I mean, I, I sort of get where people are coming from on that. Text here from the 601 that says, Michael Vick was the last great, great athlete to be in the NFL draft. I disagree with that. Isaiah Simmons this year might be, if he's the last one, Simmons might be the next one. I mean, they're, no, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. More coming up. A lot of engagement today. Really glad that you guys are with us on this Tuesday afternoon talking NFL draft. Just a couple of days away. Don't go anywhere. Keep the text flowing, though. 601-879-4395. More coming up. Sports Talk Mississippi. Where do you guys see Jalen Hurts 
going? What kind of fit is he or is he a fit in the NFL? Not a day one guy, obviously. No, but as the resident Jalen Hurts mark on this show, I think he can be a, a, a decent NFL quarterback. I think he has this. Uh, what is the difference between his skill set and Justin Herbert's? What has Herbert done at this level that that Hurts hasn't done? I, I you know, this turn is it one over of those in things. big games. <laughs> Other than that, you know, I mean, Hurts was he's a winner. Uh, you know, if you put him with the right system, I think could he be like a you know a, a slash player? That's a term we haven't used a whole lot in the last few years, but to start his career and then ease into a starting job, I think so. I think he could be an NFL starter. We live in a, in a world where there are a lot of NFL starters who aren't great. Uh, there's no reason for me to think that Jalen Hurts couldn't start for one of the 32 teams in the NFL at some point in his career. Hurts pretty limited as a passer, though. I mean, he got benched by a true freshman in the title game for a reason, and there was kind of heat on him about whether that was going to happen all season. But like, I mean, he got Herbert benched at least because... has the measurables. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll grant you that. With, with, with you say they got benched for a reason. The reason was the guy behind him is the guy we all thought was going to be the number one pick in the draft. He just got beat out. I mean, I don't think there are thirty odd quarterbacks better than Tua in the NFL either. So. And Jacob Eason. Big arm. Big arm. Ten years big ago, guy. he'd been the first pick in the draft. He'd been taking over Burrow. Just the, he, he's the Ryan Leaf of this draft almost. You know, he just big guy, big arm, can't move very much. But, you know, so some some NFL team will fall in love with him. Probably be a second or third round pick and, and go from there. I keep getting this idea in my head, and I, I I know the prospects are different, but tell me if you've heard this before, speaking about New Orleans in particular. A very productive, accurate, mistake-free college quarterback that did not go to a football power, and the biggest question mark on his NFL career is his height. Heard that before, haven't you? Sure. Once, though. Once. Just one time. I mean, like, I named another one besides Breeze. Like, the, there are not very many Drew Breezes. You might, we could argue he's the only one. Well, Kyler Murray just got drafted, and he's shorter. But the, the Oklahoma pl- football power, though. Yeah. That's true. How about Mason Fine? If he's available in the sixth round, because he probably will be, if you're New Orleans, why not take a flyer? Incredibly productive. Didn't play on good football teams. Touchdown to interception ratio through the roof. Accurate. Got all the skills. But he's 5'11 and a half. If if you told me that was their fourth or fifth round pick, I would be totally okay with that. See, I would too. And most of the guys you draft in the later rounds don't really work out anyway. But I think they have a real chance at, at winning a Super Bowl this year. Obviously. The roster is good enough to do it. And as much as you want your team to, to plan for the future, they are really just a linebacker, offensive line depth, and secondary depth away from being a pretty flawless roster. Mm-hmm. And I would rather see them take a linebacker in round one than Jordan Love and prepare for the future. Or... A cornerback or an offensive guard in round three instead of Jake Fromm. Right. I want to see them 
make those I don't want to see Jake Fromm, period. Uh, me either. But when you have a kid that has everything, really, except for the height, if he was six foot five, he'd be a, the Jordan love of this draft. But he's five foot eleven. But he's got everything else. Same thing with Breeze. And no, as Rippy mentioned, there's been a lot of five foot eleven and a half quarterbacks that didn't amount to anything, and there's a reason for that. But if he's there, I, I'm I am in love with the idea of him being there at, in the fifth round and then taking him because he does everything well. He's accurate, smart. Doesn't turn the football over. Didn't play at a football power. Didn't have a good team around him. And there he is. I would take him. Yeah, oh, I would take. I would take him too at, at that point in the draft. You know, but did you? You, you said from, and I got a cold shiver. Don't don't do that. <laughs> Where does he fit? Who takes him? Oh, he'll be a, a third or fourth round pick. But I, I just don't. I like from. I think he was a productive quarterback. He sort of you know. He's sort of like on the same thing as Jalen Hurts in that he's got a lot of skills, but at the same time, he sort of benefits from the fact that he was surrounded by elite talent. Um, I don't know. I saw something today. Somebody said he's going to be a huge bust. I don't think he can be a huge bust because he's not going to be a high pick. Yeah. But I don't I don't foresee a, a long – I mean, he could be a, a, a career backup. He could be like a Chase Daniel kind of guy. That would not surprise me at all. Tim and Tupelo, uh, you got to forgive us for not knowing this name, Tim. He says Sonny Jerkinson, five foot eleven. He turned out okay. I, um, I, I was born a little bit later than nineteen fifty-seven, my friend. But uh, which war was that after? Point uh, World War Two. He played in the sixties. Point uh, still stands for sure. Five o'clock hour coming up. New rules in college football. We'll tell you what those are next. Welcome in. 5 o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey with you. Richard has the day off. He will be back tomorrow. It is good to be with you. You want to be a part of the conversation. Here's how you do it. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. We are also streaming online. Supertalk.fm slash listen or supertalktv.com or on your... Uh, Social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, we are streaming there. Or on your smart TV device, just download the Supertalk app and you can watch us there. I don't think there's any more ors than that, but that's that's a lot. So it is good to be with you. And uh, to start the 5 o'clock hour, uh, new rules in college football. But first, before we get into the rules itself, uh, rhetoric I've seen quite often about the, the playing of the sport itself. You had uh, a the, the president of UConn, who was on Ole Miss's schedule, by the way, say to a journalism class that the thinking is they're going to not play football this fall. It'll happen sometime in the spring if it happens at all. They've later clarified that statement uh, to say that oh, he spoke too soon or whatever. That, that oh, wasn't actually the plan. But that is a growing sentiment. There's a lot of rhetoric around college football – playing maybe in January. I know there was a piece in The Athletic today where a lot of athletic directors are talking about maybe even planning for the prospect of having a season starting maybe in January or around uh, the Super Bowl times, February, March, April, something like that. Did you see this schedule, this mock schedule? I did not. So this was put together. I think Stuart Mandel put this together. So listen to this. All right, It takes a little bit, but listen to it. Friday, April the 3rd, Orange Bowl. Saturday, April the 4th, Outback Bowl, Peach Bowl, Citrus Bowl, 
men's basketball final four, one and two. Sunday, the Cotton Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, and the two college football semis. Monday, the sixth, Gator Bowl, and the NCAA national title game for men's basketball. Tuesday, the women's basketball final four, one and two. Thursday starts the Masters, along with the women's national championship game. And then you have the Masters all weekend, and then the college football national championship game on April the 13th. I'm taking that week off if that happens. I'm not. I'm not going to be. I got. I got too much to do at that point. You got to presume that'll affect college basketball in some ways, though. Yeah. If football is being played in the spring, like, are they really going to play their season? It's scheduled as well. You you would think that that they would change some things around, but what if they can't? I don't know. Here's the direct quote from uh, the president of UConn. Quote: Current thinking is that likely fall sports will be canceled with the exception of those that can be played at a safe distance. I, I mean, maybe tennis plays in the fall or golf, but cur- current thinking is likely that fall sports will be canceled. Here's the clarification. UConn president told a journalism class today that decisions on fall sports would be made with NCAA, our conference, state, and government-related authorities. UConn fall sports are not canceled. He said it's likely only if current conditions persist because that's – Something that we can project and know for sure. <laughs> it's just another guy talking out of his, you know what? Just you know, nobody knows. Quit acting like anybody knows. Seriously, quit talking in definitives. I, I saw somebody last night say to it, expect an announcement this week on the change of the college football schedule. And no, that's dumb. They are going to wait until the absolute last possible second to Which alter their June. schedule. What, yeah. you would say mid to early June? Yeah. Yeah. To or get it done this fall. The World Series would normally be wrapping up. Yeah. So they've still got, at, at longest, about two months before they have to make an executive decision on college football. And that's how long they'll take. They will wait until the last possible second. There's too much money on the line for them just to say, we're not going to do it. So just everybody just quit pretending to be an expert. It's just, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. And so much has changed. It's only been 42 days since the last sporting event, I believe. Feels longer. I think it's only been 42 days. I don't know about only. Yeah, only is a tough word. Right. But, I mean, remember how long summer is. I mean, that, that's a month and 10 days. That's so, true. It feels like it's been a full summer and then some. Think about what all has changed since then. We got the, there's only a handful of cases in the country to uh, the explosion. And now, for example, Tennessee had their lowest number of cases in spite of uh, testing the most people they have so far. Uh, All of these things have changed in 42 days. We still have two months before college football realistically has to make a decision. So... As you mentioned, speaking in definitives, or uh, it was a blue check mark. I don't even remember who it was. Never heard of the guy that said to it expect he expects an announcement this week on the change of the college football schedule. Uh, maybe you're right, but I doubt it. Uh, there's, there's you're no not right. Way. I'll, I'll say it. He's not right. No, there's no way. There's too much on the line. And what's not talked about enough with the spring schedule idea? If you are playing college football in April. 
can you really start in in August? Or do you have to push that season back? Playing college football in April does not mean in September it's all back to normal, I don't think. Right. That's, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. You're not, you're not I was wrong. trying to find the guy who said that it hasn't been aggregated that much, which is good. Yeah, maybe people, I think people saw through it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like us. They're like, you know what, I'm not going to waste my time. I, there was, I, aggregators don't care about that. I saw one from the New York Post today about whether you could pass COVID uh, by passing gas. Did you see this? That, that, is, that is critical the information. Theory. Well, my I house, my house is that. in trouble because my little six-month-old likes to let it fly whenever. Man, they'll uh, do that, yeah. I didn't know where you were going there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, it, he'll stare. Like, he'll look directly in your eyes, too, and just let it fly. It's That's a, a man. He's already dominance. a man at six months old. I like that. <laughs> like, hey, buddy. Hey. Hey, watch this. There we go. Um. Not to get off on too much of a tangent, uh, I ranted about it on Twitter, so I might as well just bring it here. I do find the... Um, so there are people that are protesting, and I'm not going to comment on the, the protesters themselves, but I do see, especially news media, online people, um, basically just calling all these people stupid, in that they are going to get everybody sick, and they're the reason we're never get, going to get out of this, and all these people are so dumb because they want the country to open back up, and... I'm not smart enough as a scientist to know whether or not they're actually getting people sick or not. I'm not. But I did see uh, an article today that said 43% of Americans have had their wages either slashed altogether or altered in some way. Maybe just maybe these people aren't stupid. I'm sure there are some bad actors in the group, as there are with every group. There are people whose motivations are not entirely pure, but maybe people are afraid of losing their livelihood and the ability to care for their family, and that's why they want things to open up. It doesn't mean they're stupid. It doesn't mean they're reckless or anything. It just means that they're scared about the future and they want this, to provide for their people again. Yeah, but the, the, I agree with ahead. what you're saying, but like when you have protesters protesting other things, perhaps on the other side of the spectrum, you get people from the opposite side saying the same thing. Of course. Right. But this is the one of the biggest problems, and again, don't really want to go down the political road too much, that we have in this country, though, is that people believe that because you think this, you can't possibly think that. And it's, you know, I can be concerned about spreading the coronavirus and be concerned about what's happening to the economy at the same time. I can do that. I can be like, well, you know, I understand we got to do this, but if we keep doing it for too much longer, it might be a problem. I, I, I can do that. I'm allowed to think and, and see both sides of the issue. I don't have to be locked in on one side or the other. And, and, as a country, we'd be a lot better off if more people thought like that. Not, not to say everybody needs to think like me, because God knows that's not the case, but a little more compromise would certainly be a good thing. Hate Ed Mandela. But are the guns necessary? Did you see the armed one? Yeah, like that kind of like stuff. That, is... I'm not an anti-gun guy either, but like, do you really need that to go stand in the street? No, see, that's where I think it goes into acting in bad faith. In just a... Strange move, right? But good faith, bad faith, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just calling immediately thinking that people are stupid because they they want the country to start back up. I think that's just so hypocritical because you're the one being stupid at this point, or or ignorant to somebody else's current life situation. I, I hate to see that. So sorry, we went down the political road. We'll get right back to sports rule changes. Number one, if you get a targeting penalty and kicked out of the game, you don't have to. Uh, go up the tunnel. They enacted that rule today. 
I like that. There is a two-minute, quote, guideline for instant replay. Out? Well, right, but that's a... Yeah, I know, another... baby steps, but... <laughs> um, replays are, are being suggested they don't last longer than two minutes. If it's two minutes, call stands on the field. Number zero is an official jersey number, hopefully for players over 350 pounds exclusively. Should be a rule. And uh, officials now have jurisdiction 90 minutes instead of 60 before kickoff. At Sports Talk Mississippi, we will get back to sports next. Well, the trade is now official. Gronk passed his physical, and if you're just joining us and you missed this, Rob Gronkowski came out of retirement today, but he was still under contract for New England. He came out of retirement and told the Patriots the only way he's playing football is if you trade me to Tampa Bay to play with Tom Brady. So the Patriots did just that. Gave Gronk in a seventh-round pick to Tampa Bay for a fourth-round pick, and that trade just went official. Rob Gronkowski, the wrestler, is back in the NFL <laughs> alongside his old buddy Tom. That's sort of like putting Barack Obama's former Chicago resident there. Good job. <laughs> I love that. Think People Brady got mad looks... about that. I loved that. I thought it was funny. If you think well, Brady looks funny in a Bucks uniform, won't Gronk look infinitely more like that? That to me, just like body size, his goofiness, whatever. That is going to be a much stranger sight than Brady. I can already kind of picture Brady in a Bucks uniform. As strange as that'll be, you've seen enough but photoshops like, as it is. Gronk just giggling with that gigantic pirate flag on the, both sides of his head is just going to be a sight to behold. You know when they win a big game, he's going to run up to the front of the pirate ship and go all Titanic on that thing. He's probably going to try to put a cannonball on the side of it, like a real Gronk spike. <laughs> but, yeah, that's interesting. But So they have three tight ends that are starter quality. Yeah. Who's the third one? Cam Brait. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you trade one? What can you get? I mean, for a tight end, maybe a seventh round pick. I don't know. I just saw also, an interesting tweet. They said very unbelichick uh, trade. It is, like but somebody trade. made a good point. They said uh, they fully expect that fourth round pick they're getting from Tampa Bay to be used in the package that gets them to a. Ooh, interesting. But how big of a chip is that? A fourth round pick. I mean, it's. it's I mean, it'll just be part of the package. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I what? don't know. You get uh, so, more for Gronk, in my, I guess, even if you use that as trade bait. Couldn't you get a first-round pick for this version of Gronk or a second? I think you could. But he's only got one year left on his deal, and, the, I mean, the Patriots didn't really have any leverage. It was, I'm coming back to play for them, or I'm not coming back at all, so trade me or else. And probably the Bucks not, the Bucks probably wanted him, but do you really want him that bad? No, not yeah. to where you're getting No, you don't want him first-round pick bad, no. And you know what kind of leverage the Patriots had, which was... You know, nothing. So who trades New England then? What can New England offer who to make sure they get to a Every time you ask one of these questions, I have to re-pull up the draft order. I know. I've tried to <laughs> memorize it, and I can't do it. Oh, I that, know the Saints are at 24. Happening. I would never even try that. <laughs> okay, if he, but if people are convinced that like Herbert is a charger... Or a dolphin. I mean, in that that would be the only other place you'd go, right? I mean, San Fran. Did, did you would Detroit, have to have the, at twelve? 
depending on what you happens think, in you, front of you. You think Tua is for sure gone to to the Las Vegas if if he's there? If you're Gruden in Mayock, I would. I mean, well, I would if I was Miami. So I don't know. But thirteen, if he's still there at thirteen, surely with San Francisco, you can make a deal with them. Because they wouldn't want to take him. There's a ton think. of reporting out there about how the 49ers are very open to trade, trading down. Got to think they also, are. Oh, go ahead, hey, Dad. Well, I, mean, the, the, I think that the 49ers, if you, if you said, what are they looking for? Probably receiver, right? There's a ton of those guys down at the bottom half of the first round. Guys like Henry Ruggs and, 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 uh, and T. Higgins, they're all going to be down there. So you could easily drop back seven, eight spots and probably get the guy you still want. I was watching NFL Nation in here before we went on the air, and they had all three of their, or all three, all 32 of their NFL reporters kind of going site by site doing a mock draft. Yeah. And the, the fellow that covers the, uh, the Lions said that they are dying to trade out of the number three spot. Like, would very much welcome that. Uh, as I say that, this, this Yahoo mock that allegedly has been updated today has Chase Young going to the Lions at three and Tua to the Redskins at two. I just can't see that. Come on. They're going to give up on Dwayne Haskins that quick? I I can't see that. If, But Detroit, I guess that was a long-winded way of saying Detroit. Uh, Washington aside, that makes no sense, but you were asking the question about Tua. Oh, yeah. Uh, Detroit Detroit at three is interesting because then I assume they would keep Stafford for the year. Maybe even, air quotes, redshirt Tua. uh, Just let him get fully healthy. Which would be a good idea. And then after this year, you deal Stafford. And then the there was uh, Dan Arvlosky was on. Dan Arvlosky said he thinks Miami will trade to three to get to a. So this also this is that time of year, man. Nobody knows anything, so they just make stuff up as they go. The woke version of the Flacco debate is: Is Stafford actually elite? Who he could? I think is in a bad organization, but he doesn't have one signature win. No, but you need more than just the quarterback to get a signature win, though. You know, I, I guess that that's... organization ran Calvin Johnson off. He could not get away from football fast enough to stop being a Detroit Lion. It's fair. I like Matt Stafford. I was bullish on the Lions, and then he got hurt, and then Richard brought it up every single week as they lost nine straight. Your Lions, <laughs> I remember that. Um. If I were the Saints, I would consider dealing for him. For Stafford? After this year. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I could be talked into that. There are worse options, I promise that. Without a doubt. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Back on the conversation we were having a second ago, we got this text from the 662 asking if we would go to Baton Rouge in a month and sit in the stands or go to Rutgers. <laughs> I think the answer is obviously Rutgers, but to expand on your point a little bit, and the conversation around college football specifically, they're in a more peculiar spot. I didn't say that word right, but you heard it. You did not. Try again. Peculiar. Peculiar. Peculiar, but I'm having a hard time with phonics. Yeah, whatever. Um, It puts, they're in a unique situation. The NFL, even, can play without fans in the stands and be fine. College football is not in that same boat. They have a lot more at stake as far as people showing up and going to the games as opposed to the NFL. All their teams, with the exception of Green Bay, really is in a a city that survives without the NFL for a year. College football, 
the three cities in this state that play major college football especially can't survive without football. They, they need it to happen. So they're going to be more reluctant to play games without fans in the stands. So that's why this spring idea is out there. The NFL is going to play in September if there's adequate testing to where they can get all their players and know they're all negative for coronavirus. They're going to play. They, they don't have to put a fan in the stand. They're going to play when the season's scheduled. College football cannot do that. So that's why you're seeing this potentially starting in January idea floating around because if you play in September with no fans, Oxford, Starkville, Hattiesburg, they don't survive in their current form without football being played this year. The athletic departments, they have to cut everything because as people are finally starting to learn in sports media land, college football and and the money it generates – Pays for everything. Everything. So, even though Title IX is keeping some things together, Cincinnati cut men's soccer. Other cuts are coming. And they'll make it equal to to continue to be Title IX compliant, but sports will be cut, scholarships will be ended, stores will close down, athletic department people will get fired. They have to play with fans or else everything's gone. And to add on to it, there is already some kind of steam or momentum with this whole cutting sports engine because from reading the Cincinnati thing and some other stuff, there were already schools that sponsor – like the Ole Miss and State don't really have this issue, but like schools that sponsor a ton of sports, like we're already looking to cut some, and this is just giving them a really valid excuse. Deep down, they've wanted to do it for a long time. Well, like the Pac-12 schools is what came to mind. Don't Cal and Stanford just have an absurd amount of sponsored sports? They do. Yeah, it's like in the '30s, right? Yeah, it's it's something like that. For the I, I, I honestly get the feeling sometimes most athletic departments would be totally cool just playing football, men's and women's basketball. Some of them would say baseball, and that's about it. Stanford has 36 varsity sports teams. This is why they always win the Sears thing, the the all sports trophy, because they get points in so many things. They have 900 student athletes at Stanford. If they have 36 sports teams, I'm going to say there's a better than 70% shot that they have one that I've never heard of. Like, don't know what it is. <laughs> we have a device. Uh, we have a device. But, man, that's what makes this so... The, the needle uh, that college football has to thread is very different because they keep everything afloat. And we're not going to get into this today, but it underscores my point about the value of college football players. I mean, people say all the time, oh, they should just be happy they get a scholarship. Well, you know what squash is, Rippy? Uh, that's, uh, no, not the, not the, probably the version that colleges are playing. Okay. It's like, like racquetball, but different. Okay. Oh. The ball's yeah, really kinda. small and it doesn't bounce as hard. Anyway. They have sailing for men and women. And Lori Laughlin's daughter. Yeah. It, it keeps everything afloat. So that's why their decision is harder pun? than everybody else's uh, unintentional. Sports Talk Mississippi. Fast-moving show today. Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey with you. Richard will be back tomorrow. 601-879-4395 is the text line if you want to be a part of the show today. We get one here. We've been talking about, if you're just joining us, uh, 
college football and why their situation's a little bit different than everyone else. I mean, you read stories all the time about Major League Baseball, for example. Uh, Anthony Fauci said today, by the way, that it's possible that fans can uh, be in the stands at some point this year, but not likely, but he said it's possible. Major League Baseball is going to try to play. Fans, no fans, doesn't matter, they're going to play. Same thing with the NBA. Maybe they're a little bit too late, but they're going to do whatever it takes to play games this year. I mean, they're taking a 25% pay cut across the board. There's your incentive right there for the players. You had this talk a few weeks ago about how there's no way that you're going to get the players away from their families for an extended period of time. Their salaries are getting cut right now. They're going to do it if called upon. All of these leagues, the NFL included, can and will play without fans if they're allowed. College football is different. They have to find a way to play as scheduled. And it's not even just because of the revenue piece. They can't play without campus being open for optic reasons. I mean, the campuses have to be uh, allowing students again before they can play games again uh, for optics and all of those things that come with that. We get a text here from the 662 that says, imagine the pushback if not having... uh, if you didn't have the Grove or the Junction open. Yeah, they simply are not going to play games this year without fans. It's not going to happen. If they push it back to January or February, they push it back to January or February. College football is not playing without fans. I agree 100%. Also, won't play, like you said, there won't be any, well, schools closed, but we're going to play football. That's not going to happen either. Because at that point, you are going to lose a lawsuit that says the players should get paid. Jason says, uh, who was it not very long ago that cut football up north? Um, UConn has been downgrading, uh, but I don't know of anybody that's actually cutting the sport. Um, I do know that these academics that he also references in his text uh, that are butting heads. I mean, when I was in college, we had a few professors that uh, decided to go the route of why does football get all this attention when our institution is doing this with our research or whatever? Um, we had those professors, and I understand that what goes on on college campuses and, and research and all that stuff that is done is extremely important. However, um, football makes the money, and you can hate it all you want, that's driving students, that's driving interest, that's driving finances to your school, especially at a major place like an Ole Miss or a Mississippi State here in our state. Yeah. Football doesn't just pay the bills for other sports. It, and a lot of times it pays the bills for the school. That you know, It, it helps pay for a lot of the, the stuff that you see around campus. I know at Mississippi State, uh, when I was in school, they remodeled the library on the strength of the football program. Making making a uh, it was a not a great decision. They they gave away a home game to Florida, but that money went to remodel the library. So, story that uh, we referenced at the beginning from the Idaho Statesman: Boise State coaches will be taking furloughs as the university deals with funding shortfalls due to coronavirus. Uh, all employees who are making more than four hundred thousand dollars. a year at Boise State are required to take furloughs. Every football coach making more than $150,000 a year 
uh, will fall into the highest tier of furloughs, which is just a 10-day furlough. But when you think about the size of a check for a coach making a few million bucks a year, that 10 days is a pretty substantial number. That is the first major football program that has made any kind of public cuts or furloughs, and it happens to be Boise State, which is not Alabama, but it's not like Boise State football is not some form of a national brand. So if South Carolina starts off 0-3 this year, will they attempt to furlough Muschamp in September? <laughs> I did see people making a lot of jokes yesterday, and that the oil industry failing the way it is is not a joking matter in and of itself. Uh, I mean, a lot of people in this state included, a former neighbor of mine, work in the oil industry, and having negative prices per barrel right now is devastating for those people. But I did see a lot of, well, Texas A&M sure can't fire Jimbo Fisher now. Yeah. I mean, he can go 0-12 and he's keeping his job now. Yep. Brian Harson, by the way, making $1.65 million a year for whatever that's worth to you. So, yeah, Boise so- State, the first one. Even at a place like Boise State, you figure every like the 150k that applies. That's probably every on-field assistant at a place like that. I think it's all but one. Really? Yeah, I think that's so. actually shocking that there's even at that level that there's one on-field coach that's less than that. I mean, it's a, it's not going. If this doesn't stop, if there's still uncertainty in the month of June that we mentioned. You'll see it around here. It'll be in the form of sports, maybe. Uh, I, I joked with Richard during a break the other day that I wonder if Ole Miss could furlough Matt Luke's $160,000 check he gets monthly for the next few years. <laughs> Seems like that would probably be uh, be taken care of. I'm sure there's a, there's a clause about getting that paid. I know what clause wasn't in there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy. That's um that's still a mystery. I can't decide if it's Jimmy Sexton's just masterful negotiating power or incompetence at the top, but the fact that Matt Luke was given a it three and a half both. it can be both. Three and a half million dollar contract that had no mitigation language in it whatsoever and his buyout gave him $160,000 a month for the next few years is utterly mind-blowing. You could have given that guy I, and you shouldn't like super lowball your coaches, but you could have given him five hundred thousand a year, and he'd have taken that running. Just telling you, it was like we said yesterday. After what happened with Pippen, Sexton said, "Never again. I will never allow my clients to hold the short end of the bag ever." And he's, he's held to it. Came uh, came back with a vengeance. That's for sure. Speaking of Ole Miss and football, Rippy, what do you make of Lane Kiffin retweeting? A Sports Illustrated story about JT Daniels hitting the transfer portal. Uh, Lane being an internet troll. You think that's all I mean, it is, or do you think he's making a phone call? No, I'm not necessarily saying that's all it is, but like, it's difficult to read into, I guess, that just based off Lane Kiffin retweeting. But I I guess it's not nothing, but you, you, I, he's a five-star kid, so a little different caliber, but you already got three quarterbacks on the roster that were freshmen. Uh, and I guess one, That's, Tisdale, I guess, would still be a freshman. Yeah. That said, though, with Daniels, he strikes me as the kind of guy that unless they pass this once, uh, 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 you know, the one freebie, if that doesn't go through, he strikes me as the kind of kid who would not be eligible 
it's pretty obvious he's just leaving because he got beat out. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be any kind of bad blood, as said by his statement, where he said he's still considering coming back. So that might be a situation where both State and Ole Miss would probably reach out to that kid, and if he sits a year, he sits a year. So to Haydad's point, it's probably not nothing, but I don't know how much to read into it off of you. So removing that, if you were in his position, are you heavily pursuing his services? I don't know. I mean, the kid is a five-star, but he's leaving because he got beat out. Don't you want to at least see what you have first? I mean, you kick the tires, but like Kiffin will be the first one to tell you he doesn't really know what he has. In, I mean, he probably has an idea from last year's film, but from everything that he said to us, that he, he doesn't really put a ton of value in that. So wouldn't you want to figure out what you have first? Is, but is you always, it's kind of the whole... What would you say, hey, Dad? Did he, can he redshirt? Did he redshirt last year at USC? He has a redshirt available. Yeah, I was about okay, to say because so when he started it, the big deal was he was like one of like what he may have been the youngest starter in the FBS. I think that's correct. Yeah. Quinn says, "Look out for Coach O and LSU on JT Daniels." Could it could, would be a, a good idea? Would not be the worst idea. Oh no, no, Brendan's the the next Joe Burrow. Don't worry, not going <laughs> to miss a beat offensively. I'm just saying, I'd make a run at him. I, I. That, that's this is this is the thing that gets me. People talk about this all the time. Oh, I don't know if we should go after him. A year ago, when he was a, a five star, you know, can't miss kid, everybody would have been like, oh, yeah, we should recruit that guy. He's the best quarterback in the country. But then he goes to USC and he gets beat out by probably another what four or five star kid in Slovis, and all of a sudden it's uh, I don't know. Like you would have imagined signing day in the state of Mississippi if JT Daniels out of high school had signed with Ole Miss would have been parties in the street now people yeah i don't know it's funny how that works it is slovis uh was a, a high level three star uh, okay. according to the 24 7 composite had a ton of division one offers though not like he's some kind of slouch right sports talk mississippi
Talk Mississippi Media Production.